We're brothers of the road. We lost all our control, and we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver side bus on through the night. We're back, y'all. This is a special episode, as you can hear. This ain't the same old bros of the road. Oh, we're doing this live right now. Because well, we do them all live. Well, we do them all live, but we don't do that intro live. And the reason we're doing it live is, real quick, we're going to let you know this episode is going to be about songwriting. And uh, yeah. the way the songs came to life, and uh, we're going to give you a small little taste of all the songs and, and uh, let you hear them a little bit and tell our story behind them. Uh, before that... Before we get into that, we want to do a recap of what we've been doing. Matt, tell them what we've been doing. Well, the last episode was Alaska, and we didn't have like a whole lot of... We were in a state of shell shock when we did the last episode because we had just flown in from Alaska, and we had to get an episode out. We were tired. We were dead tired, and so we didn't even have time. There will be another Alaska episode deep diving into everything that we got involved in, but uh, this week has been good. This week's been real good. We did a show down at the local. We did. We did an acoustic Thursday show. Night. Yeah, a little, little acoustic uh, thing down there. And then uh, I did a show. I played guitar for Cody Atkins over there at the Music City Bar and Grill. Always a good time. Cole came down and honky-tonked. Tony Martinez showed up. Tony Martinez showed up. I had too many whiskeys last night. All four of them. I, uh, I've not drank in a long time, and I had... Uh, four whiskeys and and i felt every one of them uh by the end of the night i was feeling good real good so yeah so today's Anyways. been an easy day for me and cole took an easy day today and and uh, we're gearing up we're doing a music video tomorrow down at the local for oh, our are. song drinker off my mind it's coming out march 8th. 8th and so we're going down tomorrow we're shooting that thing and uh, if y'all are listening to this make sure you go and pre-save Drinker off my mind. If you're on our Instagram or our TikTok, if you hit that little link tree there. In the bio. In the bio. In the the bio. very first thing is a pre-save, and that helps us, I guess. I really don't know if they say it does. They say it helps us. We need help. We need help. And if you feel like supporting this podcast, go over to Instagram and go to Bros of the Road. And you can really help out a lot by going to patreon.com slash the Reeves Brothers. And uh, picking a tier, and it, I think it starts off at like two or three dollars a month, and all the way up to a hundred dollars a month, you can support us. Uh, but it keeps the podcast going. Uh, and if you can't, if you can't support monetarily, tell them how they can, man. Well, you can just tell somebody about our podcast, spread the message on the bros of the road, getting around, uh, because we love doing that. We love getting new listeners on the show. Uh, and if you don't want to tell anybody, hell, keep it to yourself, but get on your phone and go give us a rating over, like, on Spotify yeah. or, or uh, Apple Podcasts. All those places. They, all those places. Wherever you listen to podcasts. I've yeah. said it before. Oh, Lord. There's nothing final if you're looking for the very best spray-in bed liner. We want to take a moment and give a very special thanks to Tough Coat. Oh, yeah. In Benville, Arkansas. I'm talking about 20 years of experience. Total commitment to customer satisfaction. They get the job done, and they get the job done right, and they get the job done in a timely manner. So make sure if you're looking for any custom tumbler cups, a spray-in bed liner on your truck, or 
you need some waterproofing done, go check out toughcoatbentonville.com or call 479-715-6039 and schedule an appointment because if it wasn't for Tough Coat and Jeff Hope over there, this podcast wouldn't be possible. Thank That's right. Jeff Hope's going to love this episode today because some of these stories involve the women that Jeff Hope just loves when we talk about on the podcast. So, y'all, on that note, we're going to cue the music and get this show going. You're listening to Brothers of the Road. Our whole life, people have felt like there was something intriguing about our normal. Well, we're here to tell you what our normal is. Life, love, country music, and two brothers traveling on the road together year-round while sharing an Airstream together just outside of Nashville. Sit back and enjoy the ride as we take you on a journey throughout the country with the stories from yours truly. The, the brothers, brothers of, of the road. road. Oh, yeah. So that intro y'all just heard, we'll start there because that's short and sweet. Uh, we were recording that record in Dayton, Texas, the last Tonky Tonk record. And we were we were going back and forth. There, there was a few songs that we had cut several different times that never made the, the, the record. One of them was a thing called Barroom Queen. Uh, very first track that we got. It was the first track thing we ever recorded at, at Wolf Island Recording Company. And then we cut it again. And then we cut it again. And then it didn't work out. So while we were there, I took to trying to write some new songs to possibly, that could possibly make the record. While I would be there, I would just go and mess around with some songs. So I ended up writing a song called Proof You're Really Gone. And, uh, and then I wrote Brothers of the Road. And Brothers of the Road, the inspiration... Uh, for that came from the I don't think they've ever heard any other part of it on this podcast but the uh, I'll play a little bit for you so it goes uh, it was going to be a duet for Matt and I because at the time I just got out of a re relationship that was terrible uh, all we did was fight and uh, argue about everything and uh, Matt's relationship was quite the opposite so I thought well I'm going to write a little, uh, little fun tune about that so it was uh uh, I've got a woman, and, and the map would go, and you know I've got mine. Our women sure take certain sacrifice. Mine hates me being gone. If she knew what I'd done wrong, she'd take half of what I made through my whole life. And uh, and then of course we're brothers of the road. We've lost all our control. We won't give it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing. This old silver-sided bus on through the night. And uh, yeah, it was just a, it was kind of a love-hate story between both of our relationships, and uh, and then just talking about the music, and we kind of had a uh, had a willing out. We had the worked on the set and worked all day on the drums on that to have that little weird backwards on the road again beat like Willie Nelson had. Thank and, you, Paul uh, English. And when it got done, we just thought it was cheesy. And we're like, this is too cheesy to put on the record. We're trying to have a serious record here. So by God, we made a podcast out of it. But when we started talking about doing a new podcast, it was just cheesy. Like, man, Enough. this is perfect. We're the brothers of the road. The podcast going to be brothers of the road, and that's our theme song. Yeah. Because uh, we are brothers, and we are on the road together year-round doing yeah. stuff. So, and Hell, uh, we're in the sky together, too. Yeah, yeah we, we go by plane. We have on yet. To conquer the seas. We have not ever conquered the seas. Other than that one trip to Catalina when we were kids. Yeah, that I think I almost threw up on. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I've heard them little boats are, they're, they're the tough one to overcome. And big boats, they don't bother people. No. Anyway. No, they don't. Uh, what, what do you got, Matt? Uh, well, 
I guess, well, I, you know, I'm dive into the old number seven blues because we were talking about the last Honky Tonk record that uh, we were down in Meridian, Mississippi, and <clears throat> we go down to this place. We're getting ready to be at this place in not too long, like a week and a half. Narkita. Narkita. Narkita truly was like the last Honky Tonk. They've gone in and they've kind of modernized it now, and it's nice and 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 pretty. But it was like the honky tonk that that like Burt Reynolds would be in back when we first started playing in it, and it was my very most favorite honky tonk. Like they were still smoking, going everybody oh, was chain smoking, chain in there a smoking couple years ago. Beer was like a dollar a beer or something. I don't know, it was cheap. It was cheap. Beer. I don't know how that they ever made any money. Yeah, you go in and get like a like a Coors or a Budweiser for a buck or two. Yeah, it was cheap, and uh, and so we'd go down there and play Narquita and and uh, in Meridian, Mississippi. That's where Jimmy Rogers is from, and and so we we swung by there one day on the way out of town to see where the the cemetery where he was at, and we did a little video singing one of his songs and and uh, and kind of doing that. And on the way home, I got. A little inspiration to write kind of a jimmy rogers thing and a lot of jimmy rogers songs just kind of that blues you know standard kind of deal and so anyways we wrote the old number seven blues and uh and yeah it goes like this This morning found a note saying baby's gone Yes, I did Woke up this morning found a note saying baby's gone So I fried up some eggs, hit the bottle, and I wrote this song Well, my good gal left me now, I don't know what to do Baby, skip town, I don't know what to do. But I'm eight shots deep and two verses in this tune. Hey, I call the old number seven blue. Shots from the bottom of the bottle to the top. Sixteen shots from the bottom of the bottle to the top. Now I've all been drunk and this song's about to stop. You know I hit rock bottom with nothing on the bottom but the Coming back and down 
Sometimes you get that. Sometimes Merle Haggard used to forget the words of his songs. Yeah, yeah. The old number seven blues. That's the old number seven blues. Cole wrote the last verse of that thing. Yeah, well, I can't remember. Uh, uh, I hit rock bottom, but not on the bottom of the rocks first. Uh, yeah, and then uh, I'm still crazy. That was pretty much just about that same relationship that I was in, I guess, at the time I was living back at home with my parents. And I was sitting in my room one night. I had just broke up with my girlfriend and we had moved out apart from one another. And uh, I was sitting there one night and I just said, this old Budweiser beer is tasting better all the time. I'm still crazy, but you're out of my mind. And uh, yeah, I started just writing on that thing from there. And I guess at that time I was feeling like I wanted to, I just wanted out, so I think that's kind of where I came up with that. I'll take the loss so you can think you've won. And I remember as soon as I got done writing it, uh, I went and woke my dad up. And I said, hey, I got to play you this song. And then I played it for him, and then he, he woke my mom up, and he was like, so you got to hear this. And he was like, that's my number one hit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and then when we got there, so that was, I knew I wanted to record that. Uh and then Stage Stop Bar was about, that was just, I mean, biography of our childhood. And I wrote it, I, Matt was flying in from, I don't know where, probably Arkansas, uh, into Las Vegas one, one uh, afternoon, and Kelly and I were sitting there. And I just got my phone out, I think I got my phone out, or a piece of paper, I'm sure it was my phone. Uh, and started writing it and uh just sitting there waiting for matt we were in the cell phone lot kelly and i were and uh kelly was kind of talking to me and i was kind of just blowing him off because i was trying to write this song and when i get in that that writer zone i don't uh want to get out of it so i just kept writing on it and uh i don't know why i thought the first memory i have is a crying sound of a pedal steel guitar but uh truth be told our dad didn't have a pedal steel guitar in his band he did not uh our dad actually kind of despised pedal steel guitars. Yeah, he never, uh, I, I don't think he ever had a real good one. No, I think that was it. Uh, he thought they played too much. Yeah, God, I think he tried a couple steel players that were around Pahrump and and they were just terrible. Uh, and yeah, so I just, he just, he was like, man, I get by fine with a three-piece band. But, uh, but the, realistically, I mean, the, I guess the first memory I have is, is the uh, crying sound of a pedal steel guitar growing up hearing all that music because uh, that was all that was played around our house when we were kids was that old traditional country stuff and our dad would play it every night at the bar. So all the all that stuff and the reason the second verse is when the, rodeo, when the rodeo's in town I know where they all go hanging out. Queens in limousines, western shirts and high-waisted wrangler pants. And uh, I wrote that because when the PRCA, back then the PRCA rodeo uh, went to Pahrump every 
every fall festival we had a PRCA rodeo and that was a, one of the last places you could go I think it was the last place you could go at that time to get points for NFR so a lot of the big riders would come out there and get their whatever they needed if they were two points behind or whatever and to get NFR however that works uh, they would come out there and do that and uh, and then our local riders would some of our local guys would ride Josh Garrett Road and oh, yeah. uh, was in the PRCA at the time. So Josh Garrett. he had talked one night after the rodeo, he talked Tough Heatman to go into watching our dad's show and they pulled up in a limo uh, with with some, I don't know, some people from the rodeo and I was about four or five years old and I just remember, this was probably 2000, uh, I just remember them coming in there and Tough Heatman signing cowboy hats and being a big party so that's our rodeo i know where they all go hanging out there's bucking queens and limousines western shirts and high-waisted wrangler pants the stage shop was a wild place and that that song I, our dad had a song about the stage shop too but uh and his might have been a little bit more accurate in description but mine uh, i think fit the ambiance better <laughs> uh you can you know what you can go see season one episode one to hear our full 40-minute episode on the stage top and, and all of its goodness. Yes. We had a comment today on Instagram, and some guy said, Boy, I would love to saddle up and go to the stage top with y'all and have a beer. You know, and one of these days, we ought to just book one big show at the stage shop and promote it to everybody and be like, Y'all fly into Vegas and come. Yeah. And come to the stage shop for one show only. You know what, what we should do? Because there's some weird stipulations on gaming that we could probably get around on selling tickets. We should just have them Venmo us. <laughs> but you want to come see us? Send us your money. Send the money for the ticket on our Venmo and we're doing it that way. Yeah. And just surprise, surprise. Yeah, stage shop would let us do it. Oh. I mean, they'd let us put on a show. Yeah. Uh, the bartender at the stage shop, Lynn, is still there. That she was the bartender when we were little kids. Yep. She She's still working there. Actually, one time I got kicked out of the stage shop for underage drinking because a woman put two and two together on my age from when she worked there 25 years previously. Yeah. And she was like, y I'm sorry, but you've got to leave. Yeah. And I was like, what do you mean? And she's like, you can't be here. And I said, listen, I was running around this place when I was three years old. And she was like, yeah, I know. And I put two and two together on what year that was to now. And you're not 21 yet. And she ran me out. Yeah. Hey, that's if that ain't if that ain't country music right there. If that ain't country. Like Miranda said, everybody dies famous in a small town. Yeah, yeah. Uh -huh. But I go down there and we, me and old Pat, Pat Gibson, would take me down there. Oh yeah, she'd take me down there too. Pat would haul me up and kind of designate drive designator. She's yeah. a designated driver for me. We're getting too far off on a uh, stage stop episode. Uh, yeah. Anyway, moving on past that song. Uh. What else was on that record? Well, we had two songs. That was a song that we didn't write. Ray Willis wrote that. And then, oh, Farewell. Oh, oh yeah. Farewell was, I felt like, the sleeper track on that record. I still feel that way. Uh, for any of those that have heard that record, I'm sure you've heard that song, and it is great. Uh, <laughs> and it is great. You know, Caleb, it's one, if you follow Caleb Mello on Instagram, he shared it the other day on his story. Uh, because we put a lot of work into that one, recording it. But, uh, yeah, I just broke up with, I, no, I'm not going to say broke up, but we weren't really ever uh, a thing thing. But uh, when I would come back to Arkansas, uh, we would always, me and this girl would go out and we would hang out. And then I went back one day and I walked in where she worked and she acted like she didn't know who I was. And she is seeing some other person. Broke my, it broke my little country art. 
and uh, that's when I I came. I I I think I wrote most of this at Wolfhouse. song called Little Rock about that same same girl uh, right after I wrote Farewell I wrote Little Rock and uh, I loved Little Rock too Bonnie Montgomery came in and sang on that and killed it did a great job yeah uh, she did do a good job and every now and then we'll get a request for Little Rock I think it's because it took off on TikTok for a little bit I mean, to an extent I think it got like 20,000 views yeah you never know TikTok's uh, the wild west over there it is uh, but yeah anyways Little Rock was uh, just little rock, you're really something. You made her leave her small hometown. You crushed my dreams and left me broken, but I found the strength to settle down. She's working in the high rise. I'm still playing in the band. We hardly ever talk, just north of Little Rock. There's a sad and lonesome man. That's the chorus to that. So, uh, yeah, Little Rock. Uh, that was a sad time in Cole's life. I was heartbroken, I thought. I mean, I guess I was heartbroken for the time, but it mended. And uh, those, yeah, those were a couple of tunes about that. And then 
Uh, I'm gonna get off to the last honky tonk. I didn't write a whole bunch for the last honky tonk. I wrote three songs on there out of the out of the tracks, but none of them were all that deep. Of, of, so just you know writing some stories. Now, what I will go into is that when we first got to Nashville, the first week that we were here, we uh, we had a write with a a guy who's become a friend of ours, Mark Narmore, and uh, we were sitting over there at Mark's office, somewhere over on Music Row, and we went down for this songwriting thing, and our cousin Scott had had this really serious idea about a song about his daughter, Emily that I can't remember it, but he's really held on to it. He's like, this is going to be the most sentimental right. And it started, be, he was like, maybe we should work on it. So we started working on it and it quickly turned into a not sentimental right and a pretty dirty song that Scott was like, listen, we're going to, you know what? You know, let's just write something else, maybe. Yeah. And so. Which I agreed with 100%. Yeah. So we, uh, we kind of hung around there and talked a little bit and yeah, what should we write? And I, I kind of thought it was going to be the first time that we left right without writing anything. Although it was only like our third right ever. And uh, Mark said something about, man, it, Mark kind of talks like this. He's down there. He's from Alabama and just slow talking and just a good old boy and he says man man maybe we should write something about like you know burning down a seven bridges road you know because the eagles seven bridges road and boy as soon as he said that i thought man we could start throwing some weird little uh tribute lines just taking little lines of eagles songs to write a song and so we did that i'll do it because i think it's pretty cool it goes like this Flatbed pickup truck with lion eyes. Best of my love, she never even unpacked. Took the long road through a neon town in the fast lane with a hammer down. Peaceful, easy feeling man, and never looked back. Be a heartache tonight. Ain't no stars in that southern sky. And I can't tell you why she had to go. Cool. That was a fun right then, and we wrote that actually right next to the studio that Waylon cut. Uh, one of the outlaws. Yeah, one of the outlaws. It was Tom Tom Glazer's studio. Yeah, Hillbilly Central. Yeah, I knew the. I forgot the name. Uh, yeah, so we uh, we wrote that directly. I, I went out and 
would smoke out back and be looking at the building where they cut that. Oh, Cole was still smoking there. Yeah, I was chain smoking at that time. So whenever I would get stuck on a line, I'd go out and I'd just smoke a little bit. Yeah. See what I could come up with. That's right. Uh, That's right. Gosh. Uh, you should tell me about Sober Up to Face the Night, because that, that's, that's one that's taken off. Oh, yeah. Sober Up to Face the Night was a song that uh, I wrote with Kelly. Uh, Kelly Bishop, who was our bass player at the time. Always our brother. Former bass player. But uh, maybe one day he'll be our bass player again. Who knows? And, and you know. It's happened before where, he, where he's yeah. left and done his own thing and then he's, and he's come back. Although he's worth about $55 million since he quit the band. Yeah, I mean, he he's up to salary 100 times. Yeah. Uh, but he did start at a low salary with us. So yeah, he, did, he, le yeah. he left on a low salary. Uh, no, Kelly... Uh, I, we were staying with some friends of ours at the time, Joe and Janet Swopes. Uh, and I kept laying in bed every night, and I keep thinking, man, I got to sober up to face the night. I got to write this. I want to write this title. I just, I don't know where I, where I came up with it from. But it was going to be about a musician, about this guitar player guy that he'd have to get drunk during the day so he could be sober enough at night to go and play his shows because he didn't want to get drunk at his shows. So you'd be like, man, I'm going to drink through the day and i got to sober up to face the night, which was really kind of a stupid idea now that I look back. And I thought, I don't know how I'm going to write this. And uh, and originally I came out, I drank more than my fair share of whiskey, been in quite a few of them honky-tonk bros. And uh, and then I think Kelly might have also said, man, I don't think, I think, man, not the bro. And then I, and it was something like, honestly, something as dumb as the hangovers and black eyes fade away. And and we get more we got to think about it, it's like, oh no, man. I've been in quite a few of them hockey talk bars, the hangovers and heartaches fade away. And that was around the time too, I remember talking to Terry Hardesty, which was a songwriter friend of my dad's, and Terry was like, Man, you gotta Terry kinda talk like that and he'd be like, Man, you gotta sometimes flip lines around, man and he said, You know, you figure out a way, he said, You tell a woman you got a face that could stop a clock. She might slap you in your in your face, but if you tell her you got a complexion that makes time stand still, you gotta learn how to re-say things. And uh, I would call him at that time, and uh, I do remember talking to him about it right around that time because that did change the way I wrote some of that first part. And then when it got on the second verse, uh, Kelly goes, I think it was about the woman just leaving him. You know, I, I'm drunk on all the memories of you here laying by my side. And I got a sober up face tonight. Uh, and when I got to the second verse, uh, Kelly goes, man, what? I think you, we were sitting down in the garage smoking cigarettes. It swopes is. And, uh, a common thing. Very common occurrence. We'd sit down in the garage and have a cocktail and smoke cigarettes. So we started talking, and he just goes, "Man, I think you need to. I think you need to kill the woman off. I think that in, the, in the end of the, he said, no, and country music never has any ballads anymore where the per person dies. He's like, let's let's do something with that. So we did. We finished writing it, and uh, and the last verse was, I know I've drank whiskey every day. I never thought you'd be the one that had to pay." Wreck out on the highway late that night Sobered me right up and took your life And now 
I've got a sober up face tonight. I can't fall asleep with you still on my mind. I'm drunk on all the memories of you here laying by my side. And I've got a sober up face tonight. I remember when we were cutting that too, Matt had a bad problem with the way I was saying. I know I drank whiskey every never thought you'd be the one that had to pay. And Matt's like, no, you gotta say that had to pay. Had to pay. Had to pay. Uh, yeah, so anyways, that was the story on that. And, and then it ended up, it did take off because of a TikTok video. Yeah. And we didn't have the original recording up anymore because it just wasn't very good. And uh, we went and quickly, we, we're really good at when something takes off, not being prepared. So we uh, we quickly went to the studio here in Nashville, and then remotely, Ke uh, Kevin Skirla did all, everything on it. And then a guy named Shady Pete, he uh, he blew. He oh. laid that he laid them harmonica tracks down. Which, by the way, Pete texted me to, uh, this morning. Really? Yeah, he said there's songs in the air today. Miss you. Uh, great harmonica player. I love that. Yeah, so, he is. Uh, yeah. That's uh, Sober Up Face Tonight. What else have you got? Yeah. Well, I was telling about Drinker Off My Mind and with that because we, uh, we're 35 minutes right now and we got a new single that's coming out. Yeah. Uh, Drinker Up My Mind, this song that I'm about to play, I'll play the whole thing for you just because we're about to release it. But uh, this song actually got started, I think I started writing it at. Uh, Kevin Skirla's studio in Dayton, Texas, and uh, and I think I started writing it. I want to say at the time of the Ice Freeze, and I don't. I I started writing because I was. It's time to the the course. I started writing the course first. It's time to open up the honky talks, throw some sawdust on the floor. Uh, I had the line, it's time to open up the honky-tonks because I had sat there and I started thinking. We hadn't worked in forever because of the pandemic. And uh, I just wanted to go play country music again. And I started thinking, man, it's, it's they got to open up the honky-tonks. Uh, and, and we lived in small town Arkansas, so we were playing, probably playing out more than anybody else in the world. Because some of them hillbillies back there, like, come on, it's time to... They were the same way. They were like, let's open up the honky donks. Yeah, but that didn't last long. <laughs> no. They shut them back down. It was Oklahoma. There's, there's a picture of all of us standing out at a place called... What was that place Tipsies. called? Tipsies. Tipsies. And we're all on the dance floor standing about 15 feet apart with us on a story saying we're live at tips we're out at tipsy's tonight stay home please stay home yeah. uh we didn't want to get sick but yeah i was i was just having uh just i wanted to play music and uh so i started working on that and then somehow or another some time passed and i got mark from midland uh involved i, I messaged him and tell him how you got his number well, I scrolled all the way back to his Facebook, to his last post. His Facebook probably isn't even up anymore, but he was selling a VW minivan. I wish, if anybody's listening that knows Mark from Medlin, please send him this little snippet, because he'll he'd appreciate it. Uh, 
It had his phone number. He was trying to sell a VW bus. And uh, had his phone number, so I texted. I said, Mark, what's going on, my man? This is uh, Cole with the Reeves Brothers. He's like, hey, dude, what's up? Uh, he didn't know me from Adam. And uh, I said, I want to send you a song because uh, I think it'd just be a killer Midland tune if you want to finish writing it with me. And I sent him some of it, and uh, he did not he ever did. He respond. He just ignored it. He never responded. So we got it. So, well, no, then I got went back to the chopping block. And uh, Kevin Skirla got involved and started writing some on it. And then after that, uh, I thought either, no, maybe Sean got involved first. Whoever, I remember sitting outside in Alpine, Arkansas, Sean and Tracy Oler's house by the fire. And uh, Sean uh, and Tracy Oler are very dear friends of ours. Yeah. We got to tell the folks who they are. Kim said we need to do that. Oh, well, Sean and Tracy Sorry, Kim. are some really dear friends of ours in Alpine, Arkansas. Uh, Brian, my best friends in the world, and I go up there uh, just kind of sometimes just to get away. I'm flying there on Thursday just to go just, hang out. Just to get away. Just to get away. And, and go, get away. Just to go play some music and hang out and uh, get regrounded. Uh, we were sitting there. They've got a fire pit out in front of their house uh, in their front yard that we'll just throw some wood on it and have a couple drinks of George Diggle. Old Tracy will stoke that fire all night. She will. She loves the fire. Yeah. Sean ain't a big fan of the fire, but he does it because he loves his wife. And, uh, and she does it because she loves the fire. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, we're sitting there, and Sean goes, man, what do you think about, you know, whatever. Uh, you didn't answer my last call. I think I, maybe I had that first line. And, but I remember Sean writing a lot on that. And then uh, he came up with the last line of the first verse. Uh, You're someone new who's replacing me has left my heart in deep despair. And because I thought, boy, that's a nice line. Dis the word despair sounds good. Uh, and he also, I know he, he's the one, uh, but the wells have all ran dry. I remember him going, man, I've hit every barn town, but the wells have all ran dry. Because uh, we talked, is it run dry, gone dry, or ran dry? So anyway, uh, and then I'm, I distinctly remember Kevin helping out on the bridge. Uh, I'm sure he did more than that, but I do remember us working on the bridge. And I remember when we got the bridge, we were sitting on his couch in the control room of the studio. And uh, when I had that whatever line, when we came up with uh, da, 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 with some old familiar sounds, uh, the bridge is when you're drinking all night long, you can chase a heartache down with a jukebox full of memories playing old familiar sounds. I was not there when the song was cut. I was not there. You and Kevin cut this whole thing. Yeah. We cut it all. And then... Then you recut it. Because we recut it again with Hoey. Yeah, and you didn't play on that I did didn't you? play on that one. I was there. I didn't play on that. I just sang on it. Yeah, because we already knew what we did the first time, and we just wanted to redo it with a different uh, with a different drummer. Yeah. So uh, Ke Kevin played pedal steel, bass, probably acoustic guitar. Uh, and then I played lead guitar and then Tom Hoey played uh, drums so anyways here it is This we'll be signing you off with this and uh, it's going to be our new single coming out March 8th so make sure and check it out 2, 3, four. You didn't answer my last call Seems this could be goodbye
two-step memory on my mind If they'll lock the swing door Sean Oler and Kevin Scurla. Oh, yeah. Y'all, one more time, we want to thank... Tough Coat. Tough Coat. Bentonville, Arkansas. 20 years of experience making a total commitment to, audi to customer satisfaction. We're making our total commitment to audience satisfaction. Oh, yeah. But let me tell you what. There's nothing finer if you want a good spray and bed liner. Make sure and check them out at toughcoatbentonville.com. That's and right. uh, if you don't want to do that, just call 479-715-6039 and let them get you set up with a custom tumbler cup. And y'all, one more time, number one, we want to thank Gavin Love. because yep. one he, for him, this episode would not have happened. No, he Seriously, suggested he the episode uh, because we said in the last episode, you know, if you got an episode suggestion, please ship us our way. Uh, we want to know about it. Uh, you can support this show just like Gavin does. Patreon.com. 
Uh, we got a lot of fine friends over there. We got uh, Danielle Root. She's over there. She's a supporter. Uh, John Hale's over there. Oh, Caroline. Mason Dabbs. Mason. Caroline's over there. Uh, there are all sorts of people. Yeah, we got a we got a bunch of friends over there, and uh, and yeah, y'all go over there, join the party. It's patreon.com slash the Reeves Brothers. Or if you don't want to do that, just leave a review on this little podcast. And uh, you don't. It ain't got to be a five star review. No, if you hate it, don't. I mean, be honest about it. I hate. I hate the country music things that they're like. Oh, let us review the album, and there's never a review lower than eight. That means that they're not. They're not being honest, or they're just not reviewing the stuff they don't like. That's yeah, not a good. And we review. want. We want reviewers from broad, broad, broad yeah. of reviewers. You know, tell us what you don't like about the episode. Yeah, uh, y'all, we love you. We're the brothers of the road. And we're going to hit this track right now and get you on home. We're brothers up the road. We lost all our control. And we won't hang it up for anyone. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver-sided bus on through the night. We'll keep right on going. The wind just won't stop blowing this old silver-sided bus on through the night.